everybody's doing all right? Y'all good? Look at your neighbor and say, what you up to? What you up to? All right. We're in this series right now called Times and Seasons. Come on, how many of y'all need it last week? All right, if you missed it, you got to go back and watch it. You can't miss a sermon ever. If you do, you're doomed. All right, so make sure you get it. Today, we're going to continue on with this series. I want to go back to one of the verses we read last week in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Come on, I know that's your favorite book of the Bible, Ecclesiastes. Some of y'all can't even say it, but you're reading it. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 and verse 11, it says, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. And then verse 11 says, he has made everything, say everything, beautiful. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, beautiful. (laughs) Guy on the front row said, I can't, man, I can't do that. I can't, I just can't. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. And last week, just a real quick recap we talked about times and seasons and focused in on the season because I think we're all in a season of our lives right now and we talked about every season has struggles that you can't see now I know we compare and we look at others we think everything's fine with them but I promise you even in what looks good there's still some struggles that are there Uh, anybody know what I'm talking about anybody ever you you had some struggles that no one knew about some struggles and then we said there's strengths in every season. And you may not see it right now because all you see is your struggle, but I promise you God is working out some strengths in your life through everything that you're struggling with. And then we said that in every season, God is still sovereign. He's still sitting on the throne. Amen. I want to go to Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Got a couple of more sections of scripture we're going to read, and then we're going to unpack this. Isaiah 7, verse 14 This is an Old Testament prophecy about the birth of Jesus. It says, the Lord himself will give you the sign. You ever prayed before, God, give me a sign? Come on, let's let's be honest at church today. How many of y'all ever prayed, God, give me a sign? If I'm supposed to do that, Lord, give me a sign. How many of you ever passed by the highway and you said, Lord, give me a sign? And on the highway, there was a sign. And it was like, oh, that's too quick. That's too quick. That ain't going to work. That's too soon. That's too quick. It says, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. That's back in the Old Testament. And I'll just jump to the New Testament, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 23. It says, this is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Somebody say, uh oh. And Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Come on, every fella got a plan. Every guy's got a plan. You know what I'm saying? They try to keep it low key. But how many guys you know, it doesn't always stay low-key. It shows up, and it showed up right here. Verse 20, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. You know it's a big deal when you're planning something, and God's got to do something drastic like send an angel just to get your attention. I want you to know that's a pretty rough place to be in if the Lord has to send an angel to get your attention. You might want to make room for the Lord, amen? Evidently, Joseph, he was pretty fixed on what he was doing, so the Lord sent an angel to appear to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Watch this, verse 22. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Now watch this in verse 23. Look, the virgin will conceive a child 
She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Now, in Isaiah 7, this is when the prophecy comes forth, okay? I would call that a right now word from God. 700 years before the birth of Jesus, God spoke it to a group of people. This prophet Isaiah is prophesying it. They're in a desperate time. They need some hope, and God says, hey, I recognize what's going on. I got a plan. Jesus is coming. I'm going to give you a sign, and this is going to be the sign. But it takes 700 years. How many of y'all ever waited 700 years for something? You feel like that right now. It's only been 70 minutes, but it feels like 700 years. Matthew 1 happened 700 years later. And I know I mentioned this last week, but I couldn't get away from it. And I want to preach a message today entitled, Now and Later. Y'all remember those candies? Now or Later. Were they really that good? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you that you're working in this room. You're speaking to hearts, even online. I pray, God, today that we will hear what you want to say to us. Use me to be a voice that you use, God, so your people can grow in their faith and draw closer to you. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Uh, before I jump in, I just want to give an update. I still have not put any yard decor up for Christmas. And I did have certain people text me through the week, certain fellas in here, flexing, showing me what they have done in their yard. I love you too. If you're pondering if this is the kind of church you want to be at, this is what's going on here. Don't worry, it's coming. Next year. Next year. Sound like some football fans in here. Next year. Also, listen, last week I said this has been a tough year for me. I don't want you to misinterpret that and think the pastor's falling apart. <laughs> Had a few people checking on me. You all right? Yes, I'm okay. Went through some things, but we still going. Yeah. Amen. Still fired up. Look at your neighbor and say, he's still fired up. <laughs> some of y'all like, don't tell him that. Don't tell him that. All right. Um, you ever seen at Christmas time, this, this slogan comes out every Christmas. Jesus is the reason for the season. I'm going to tell my mom a little bit. When I was a kid at Christmas time, my mom would get a Jesus is the reason for the season bumper sticker and place it on the back of the station wagon. If you didn't grow up with a station wagon, you were missing out on a lot of things in life. Because in a station wagon, the very back seat, you don't face the front. You face the back. And people would see Jesus is the reason for the season bumper sticker. And they would look at you as a child looking. <laughs> you're sitting in the back seat. And you're waving at them and all that stuff. I'm telling you, I had an amazing childhood. I did. And my parents provided a lot of awesome moments through station wagons and bumper stickers. And things like that. Jesus is the reason for the season. Another phrase you hear is keep Christ in Christmas. You know, all, all these different phrases. The one that really has my attention, though, is Jesus is the reason for the season. And I need that to soak in a little bit right now. Because if you're not careful, you hear that only as a slogan, as a bumper sticker on the back of the station wagon. Rather than hearing what you need to hear for the season that you may be in right now. What is the reason for the season that you are in? Let me translate that for you. Lord, why? Amen? Come on, now we're there. There we go. Um, or what was the reason for the season last year? What was that all about, Lord? You ever had that prayer moment? Hey, Lord, what was that all about? And he just didn't tell you anything. He's like, okay, I love you too. Not every season is the same. We see that with sports. We have our teams, and we have some good seasons. Some of you were hoping for a good season for your team. It didn't happen. Maybe next season. Others of you, it was a great season. Am I right? 
And you go into every season with some anticipation, hoping that some good things are going to happen. But you have lived long enough to know not every season is the same. In fact, sometimes when you look at the seasons of the year, summer, really hot. But sometimes that summer wasn't as bad as the year before. Sometimes winter is really cold, but so far, <laughs> it ain't happening. Same season, but it's different. It's a different thing that's happening. So not only is there a reason for your season, but there is a response that you will make in every season that you go through. That's what I want to talk about today. Because you're going to have seasons that are come and seasons that are go. Some of those are going to be great seasons. Some of those are going to be really challenging. And sometimes we, we, we overwhelm ourselves with what's happening in the season What's the reason for it? God, why is this happening? And we fail to look at what are we doing with what is happening? Yeah, this might be the season that you're in, but what is your response in the season that you're in? And so today, as we talk about this, let's talk about the season that you're in right now and what it's going to mean for later. Because there are some things that you're experiencing in your life right now there's some good things that you're experiencing in your life right now that, the, that are a result of a response in a season that was a while ago. And I will say the same. There are some not-so-good things that are occurring in your life right now that are the result of a response of a season prior to the one that you're in. Maybe you just didn't feel like it, so you made some decisions, and now you've got to pay for it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Pay now, pay later, but guess what? you got to pay. What is the response going to be for the season that you're in? What's happening in this season? And you may not know what the reason is, but if we respond correctly later, we'll look back and we'll say something like this. Oh, now I understand. Now I see what that was all about. Now I understand why I had to go through. I didn't like it, but now I see what it was all about. Uh, it reminds me of when Jesus was washing his disciples' feet. Do you remember the line, what he told him? He says, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but later on, you will understand. You don't understand everything now, but hold tight. Later on, it's going to make a lot more sense. So no two seasons are alike, but yet God can use them to accomplish his purposes for us, even though they may different. And this is important because we like to formulize everything. We, we like to create, okay, if we have these perfect conditions, then these are going to be the results. And that's not always true because here's the reality. You can't control it all to guarantee that you're going to get all of that from it. I'll give you proof. You ever tried to plan a gathering, a party, or something like that? And in your mind, you had the perfect plan. And then when the party happened, nobody wanted to participate in that one event that you spent hours and hours and hours researching, planning for, getting this, getting that. You put it all together, and at the party, I'm like, oh, I don't feel like it. You ever had to take that little moment to get away from everybody at your own party and say, what in the world? Why do I even do this? You know what I'm talking about? But in your mind, you just thought, if I did all of this, or what about a date? You, in your mind, you just think, I got the idea for the perfect date. And you put it all together, and then you go on the date. It ain't so perfect. Cynthia and I's first date, probably one of the best dates ever in the world, man. First date, I want to see any of you match this. I invited Cynthia over to my house. To live with my parents. I picked up Popeye's fried chicken. See, some of you, you struggling to pull that kind of stuff off. Picked up Popeye's fried chicken, and there was an LSU baseball game on. We watched that LSU baseball game, ate Popeye's fried chicken, and to top off the night, we jumped in the car and went truck shopping. I know, that's impressive. 
Wait till you hear about the second date. Yeah, second date. Felt like we need to kick it up a notch. Because it didn't look like the first date was that impressive to other people. You know what I'm saying? And so we planned a dinner and a movie. We were going to go to this fancy restaurant. And then we were going to watch a movie. What was the name of it? I forget. It was, a, it was one of those uh, Mel Gibson movies, What a Woman Wants. I'm going to tell you now. That was a terrible date. <laughs> Am I right, babe? It was terrible. We were dressed up. I mean, dressed up nice. Like, I had trousers, not even jeans. And, you know, that's a big deal for me. I had trousers on, dressed I ironed that shirt, put a little starch on it. She was dressed up, had the curls in the hair. And we were sitting there eating at Ralph and Cacou's in Baton Rouge. Oh, Ralph and Cacou's is glorious. And then afterwards, we went to the movie, and it was just so awkward. It was. And that night after the date, we said, we ain't doing it like that again. Do you know how it is? In your mind, you think it needs to be this way, and if it's this way, it's going to turn out that way. And if everything is perfect and everything is so great, then it's going to result in great life and great kids and a great career and all of these different things. And we, we put so much pressure and stress right there in those moments of trying to make it so much only for it to turn out so much like we didn't think it was. And it's frustrating because there was so much effort that went into it. There was so much planning. There was so much time. And we overwhelm ourselves with this. And we look back. And then we start interpreting seasons. And we start looking at all. Why, why, why? And some of it wasn't the season. It was the response. How we were handling ourselves. How we were handling the situations. There's some seasons that we can look back and we can say, you know what? We were blessed. It was a blessed season good there are some we look back on man that felt like doom came upon us am i right i was like what was that i mean was i living in gross sin and god was just trying to get me back <laughs> i mean geez i wasn't even watching the bad shows then like what was going on but we learned last week in every season god's still sovereign he's still present and it's important that i remind you of some key verses here like in Hebrews 13, 8, where it says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still there. He's consistent. Your seasons may change, but he's consistent. Amen? Thank God he's consistent, because if not, we would know which one was showing up each day. He's consistent. He's not changing with the seasons, but he uses the seasons to change us. Ah, here we are. To help us grow into who he created us to be. So what does that mean? That means probably you can have some good seasons and some bad seasons. But it's the reminder that in all seasons, he's still God and he's still good. And I want to reiterate that to you today. Because no matter what season that you're going through, he's still God and he's still good. Amen? He's still God and he is still good. So the question then becomes, in every season, how am I going to respond? How am I going to be faithful to God? I will say that there are things that God is doing in your life right now in this current season, no matter how you would describe it, if it was good or not so good, there are things that God is doing in your life that you do not realize it is actually necessary for your future. I know. It's kind of like, I want to clap, but I ain't going to. Because that feels like one of them parental talks. You know, like when you're trying to help a kid through a, 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 a big-time moment in their life, and they have to learn to take the word no. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you got to hear it and go with it, and they don't want to. And you try to tell them, hey, I know it hurts right now, but later on you'll see that this is actually going to turn out better for you. And we, we don't really like those moments, but we understand that they are necessary. Because what God is doing in this season is often overlooked by everything that's going on. Because it's hard, because it's challenging, or because it's so great. 
Sometimes it's not always the bad things that overshadow what God is doing. Sometimes it's good things. Sometimes whenever everything just looks like it's working and it's flowing and everything is fine, those are the moments that we're least likely to depend on God. In fact, those are the moments that we are least likely to worship God. And what is happening to us as believers that it takes a tragedy to draw us closer to God? What is happening to us as believers where we need to go through something to really seek the face of God? Like, have you ever wondered, maybe I'm not getting success because I don't know how to handle it? I do better in the crazy than I do in the good. And if you live like that long enough, it becomes a cycle and it becomes a pattern. Come on. And a lot of people who are struggling, it's your pattern. It's not your people. You better write that down. You say, Pastor Wade, are you saying it's me? Might be. Might be. So let's talk about three things for now and later before I get myself in trouble. The first thing, number one, God is preparing you for something. How to handle now and later. The first thing, God is preparing you for something. And I know you're already, oh, there goes the preacher talk. Try to put a spin on it all. Put a positive spin on everything. He's preparing you for something. 1 Corinthians 2.9 is probably one of the verses that we get the most excited about. I love this verse. I ain't gonna lie. It's one of those fired up verses, you know. It says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Yes, let's get fired up, church. You should have amen a little bit more there. But don't do it now. You missed, your, you missed it. Okay? That verse, though, it's like, Ooh, God is putting something together for me. Let's do this, Lord. Let's do it. You know what I'm saying? Getting all excited about it because that verse, it says you hadn't even seen it yet. You ain't even thought about it yet. It's so inspiring. It makes you feel like nothing bad is ever going to happen. Let's do this, Lord. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. We love to think about perhaps what God is preparing for us. My blessing. Prepare it, Lord. My breakthrough, let's go prepare it for me, Lord. My healing, my ministry, my calling, my spouse. We can go down to my career, my promotion, my raise, my Christmas bonus. Let's go, Lord. Prepare it and put another zero on it. Amen? Like all these things, we get it. Prepare it, Lord. Let's go. Whoop it up, baby. Yeah. Love to think about what he's preparing for us. But what about what he's trying to prepare in us? Like preparing you. I've learned this. We, we, we got a lot of people who have an issue getting ready. Getting ready to go somewhere. Getting ready for church. A lot of people are late for church because they have issues getting ready. Seriously. Number one, can't wake up. I don't know why I'm always late. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. We have issues getting ready because we want to do everything else and still be there. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I don't know why I didn't get my clothes ready last night. I, we can just keep going down the list. Man, I love, I, I love watching my kids grow up and, and how they manage preparing for like exams and preparing for work and preparing for, for school. Uh, Judah's my favorite, man. That dude gets up, he wakes up early, and I mean, it is full-on gourmet chef in the kitchen in the morning. The air fryer, popcorn chicken in the air fryer. I mean, this dude is bringing a meal and then eating a meal at school. The preparation is incredible. I love it. He wants to eat, and he knows if he's going to eat, he needs to put himself in the position to be able to eat. So he's got to prepare. He's got to prepare himself for the result that he really, really wants. But a lot of times we want to eat, but we don't want to prepare anything. And, and if we struggle with our own preparation, this is why I got to talk about this. If we struggle with our own preparations, 
Think about God trying to prepare you for something. Like, if you have a child, a young child, that you are struggling to get ready to go somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Hey, go in there and brush your teeth. You come back 10 minutes later, they haven't brushed their teeth yet. They climbed up the door frame. Mom, look at me. Get down. Anybody got that kid? Anybody was that kid? That explains a lot. Okay. All right. If we have trouble getting ourselves ready, how much more do we think God's going to struggle with our hard heads, our busy lives? Sometimes the season we're going through so God can slow you down. So that you don't miss what he's actually trying to do in you. And we don't like it that way because we're production driven. We're fast. We want everything to happen right away. We don't want to have to go through any baby steps to get there. We just want to show up, arrive on the scene, paparazzi taking all the pictures and look at me now. And I can just tell you, we're not ready for that. There's a preparation that must take place. And in the seasons that we're in, God can use it to prepare you for something. God has to prepare you for what he has or else we may miss it. Oh, I didn't even know I needed that. Or we may mess it up. So like God is working in every season, okay, to prepare you. But you have to know Satan's working in every season to preoccupy you. God's wanting to prepare you, but Satan is trying to distract you because he wants to preoccupy your mind with what you don't have, what you haven't done, what you can't do, and all this stressful stuff so that you miss out on what God is wanting to do. And when we become so fixed on that stuff, we really need change. But in our hearts and in our minds, we think, I just got to do more, faster, quicker, be more efficient. And then anyone that gets in the way, just run over them. I don't know why I don't have friends. Like, seriously. So are we allowing God to prepare us? Or let me say it like this. Would you allow God to change you? Would you allow God to change your stance? On some things that you're super passionate about. Wow. Your methods of doing it. Because that's how you've always done it. That's how your parents did it for you. And what if the Lord says. Hey we need to change that. Well this is all I know Lord. You need to change to adapt and fit around my. I don't see the Lord doing it. So how is God trying to prepare you. For what he has prepared for you. Think of this. How, how is he working in your life? Think of this. God sent an angel to prepare Joseph and Mary for something he had been preparing for hundreds of years. Preaching the lights out today. Don't mess with me. Think of that. The Lord had to send an angel to visit Joseph and Mary to prepare them for something he had pre been preparing for all of mankind for hundreds of years. They wasn't ready for it. If it if, like if baby Jesus just showed up, they wouldn't know what to do with it. An angel had to come. Again, this is good. The angel had to come and say, hey, this is what's about to happen. Now you can't see me. Now you can. Now you can't. Don't know what's going on here, but I'm going to keep preaching. Watch this. You cannot tell me that even though they had an angelic visitation, that did not stress those people out. You cannot tell me that. If an angel showed up in my bedroom, I don't know if I'm here today. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if I'm here today. I'm at home trying to figure out how does this happen? And I don't know if I want to tell you about it. Because you're going to put on a little spiritual flex. Oh, yeah, it was an angel of the Lord. Like, you didn't have it show up in your room. They were stressed. You cannot tell me this didn't stretch them because now Joseph's got a situation. He's got a social situation. Hey, I heard your girlfriend's pregnant. It's not what you think. 
You see, what happened was an angel came and told it, yeah, yeah, that's what happened. So perhaps if you're feeling stretched, if you're feeling stressed, what if God's just preparing you for something that he wants to deliver through you? Man, he's preparing you now for something to come later. Don't skip the prep work. Got a background in construction, painting. Most people, their paint jobs look terrible. Let me tell you why. They didn't do the prep work. Paint right on top of that dust. Hey, what's them little things on my wall? You skip the prep work. That's what that is. And a lot of times we skip the prep work in our lives and just want God to give it all to us. God bless me. God bless me. Have we learned anything from the lottery winners yet? They win millions of dollars and they ain't ready to manage that kind of money. And what do they do? They spend it all. They break up their family, wind up a criminal. I mean, they do all those 48-hour specials on them. It's out there. Cynthia watches them. She loves that stuff. I go to sleep. <laughs> All right. Number one, how we handle this now and later. Number one, God's preparing you for something. Number two, God is pruning you for something. Praise the Lord. I'm sure that when Mary and Joseph began to tell people what was happening, I guarantee you their friendship circle changed. I guarantee you there were a lot of people that were close with them that said, uh-uh. Can't do this anymore. I'm sure a lot of things in their lives changed. Have you noticed sometimes that when God begins to work in your life, sometimes some people will exit your life? Yeah. And we fight it. Because we want things to stay the same. This is what it is. We want things to stay the same, a.k.a. I don't want to have to change. I mean, let's go. We don't like change. We like other people to change. Like, they need to change this at that restaurant. Am I right? Like, y'all need to change that and make it faster, make it better. But I ain't changing. What if God wants to make some changes in your life for your good, for your future, and he wants to do it by pruning some things in your life, cutting some things out that he knows if we can cut that out, it's going to produce so much more for you. Now, here's what happens when we talk about this. When you start saying God needs to prune some things in your life, we often go to like, oh, I know this person. I think that's what God is doing in their life. They really need to hear this message right now. I think that would be good for them. Hey, babe, this is for you. Amen? This is for you. Quit worrying about everybody. God may want to prune some things in your life so that some things can be produced in your life. But we don't like that because we want it to stay the same. And this is what I found. Some activities in your life will end in some seasons. Some routines will change in your life. Uh, let me say this as a parent and as, as a spouse. If you operate with ultimatums in your discipline for your children and in how you communicate to your spouse, I guarantee you every one of those are going to be challenged. And you can't get mad at the other person for challenging them because who do you think you are? Anyway, back to the message. Just felt like we needed to slide that in there. It's a pruning process. John 15, he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. Sometimes the pruning is, shh, be quiet. Stop talking. You ever had that moment with a kid? I just need you to stop. Just stop. I don't know, I'm not hearing anything you're saying. Just stop. Or some of y'all do that with your spouse. <laughs> God uses different seasons to prune us so that we can become more faithful, more productive, more aligned with his plans. See, because a lot of these things are distractions. 
There are things that pull us away from what God wants to do. But in our mind, we've convinced ourselves, i got to have this. This is the way it's always been. I need this. Listen, anything I have learned, anything you say, this is the way it's always been. As soon as you say that, you can look for the Lord to show up and say, okay, let's change it. So I quit saying it. And the Lord's still doing it. Because he knows. He knows what we need. That's why we start the year out with 21 days of prayer and fasting. Because fasting is, I'm going to prune some things in my life. I'm going to cut some things out so that I can put some focus on God with my life. And it blows my mind, seriously, how people are in such a desperate place but won't prune anything. Won't cut anything out. Hey, put me on the prayer list when y'all go to the 21 days of prayer and fasting. Hey, you need to be there. Amen? You should be there and press in and pray so that God can work some things out in you. Amen? It's a spiritual pruning process. And what is God trying to do? He's trying to get you to the place that you are fruitful. That you're producing good fruit in your life. So here's the question I'll ask you today. What's some things you need to cut out of your life? And you already know what it is. What are some things that you know, and God's been convicting us about it, and we just keep acting like it ain't a big deal, but God's been convicting you, and you know it's time to cut it out of your life. What are some things you need to cut back on? There are some things that we need to cut back on. Let me ask it like this. What is God putting his finger on? I'll show you how that works. Every time you go to church, it's like God tells you the same thing. It's like, Lord, I'm just going to quit going to church so you don't tell me. And then you're sitting there in a restaurant with a friend, and they start talking about it. It's like, oh, great, I can't get away from it. What is God putting his finger on? Let me say it like this. God knows what you need, but he also knows what you don't need. Amen? He knows what you need, but he also knows what you don't need. So he is faithful in the now so that you can see his faithfulness later. So he wants to prepare you, but he also wants to prune some things in your life. What is God wanting to prune? Here's number three. God is producing something in you. Last week, when we talked about strengths, in every season there are strengths that you can seize. What is it that God is trying to produce in your life in this season that you are in right now? That maybe you're not even aware of. And I think that comes from putting our eyes only on what God can do for us instead of realizing what God wants to do in us. I'll give you an example. Many times when we're in financial need, we ask God to come and bless us. Let me tell you how that really looks whenever we pray it. Somebody's come and write me a big check. Am I right? Somebody's coming with a money roll. And they may do it anonymous. They may not. But when we say God provide, there is going to be a cash transaction into my bank account. And life is going to be happily ever after. But the way that God works isn't just the magic man. It's not, Lord, I'm going to church and waving my magic wand today when they play make room. So that you come and do all the things that I want you to do. Because when you're in that place of, Lord, I need you to come through with my finances. We're in a bind here. Perhaps what God is trying to produce in you is you looking for other opportunities. Or an opportunity finding you. But I've done it like this forever. Well, maybe it's time to get a new plan for budgeting. Amen? Perhaps it's time to take on a second position. But that's not, can't be how the blessing of the Lord works. Because if God wanted to bless me, it would come stress-free. Back to Joseph and Mary. That is stressful, bro. Can I say it like that? Can I just get real with you? Angel showing up. Mary, you pregnant. Joseph, marry her. I know people are going to say stuff. It's going to be all right. That's what it was. She's a little, long, a, little, a little young for you, Joseph. All the comments and everything. It brings change. It forces maturity. 
It affects character. What if there's so much that God's trying to produce in you for something later on that you don't recognize right now, but maybe he's trying to break your attitude. Maybe he's trying to change your language because the very thing that you're praying for to step into, if you still acted like that, you would completely sabotage the very blessing that God wanted to put you in. Your very mouth would put you, yeah, you got the new job, but your mouth cost you to lose the job by the third week. And you've been praying for 10 years for God to give you the position. See, we want blessings, but are you ready for what God wants to bless you with? Or will you allow him to prepare some things and produce some things and cut some things out of your life so that when you walk in those blessings, you don't mess it up? I think God's getting a lot of blame for things being messed up that we messed up. Think about it. Mary became pregnant. Meaning something was being produced in her that was going to have an effect on the world around her. She became pregnant. Pregnant with promise. Pregnant with purpose. Either way, she was pregnant. That's exciting news. But if you're the one who's pregnant... Life's about to change for you. Am I right? Like that little journey where they had to go back to Bethlehem and she had to ride the donkey the whole way, big and pregnant. You know she loved that. Right? Oh, sign me up. Let's go. It'll be great. Because just like she was pregnant with promise, she was also pregnant with pain. It was a lot. It was hard. See, we want the promises of God. Yeah, amen. Come on, y'all want the promises of God? Amen. We want the promises of God. Yes, amen. We want the purposes of God. Let's go, let's go. But you got to go through the pregnancy. And that's where it's like, whoa, wait, wait, wait. It doesn't just show up on the doorstep. Like what happened to the stork, you know, with the little... No, no, no. It's what God wants to produce in you and what God wants to produce through you. So there's a pregnancy. We won't promise, we won't purpose, but we got to go through the pregnancy. And sometimes pregnancy is painful, but it's still full of promise. And if we can endure that season of pain, we may see the very thing that God has promised for us. I'm not promoting pain at all. I don't like pain. Can I get an amen? I like pain-free. But I have learned that there are some things in my life that I will go through that God wants to change because of what he has in store that may cause me some personal pain. Because it means change. It means no. And I have learned that there is a, a reason to get a no so that you can get a yes. And a lot of people, they don't know how to handle no, so they stick with no and wonder why they can't ever get a yes because they're trying to make yes out of no. So like the idea of being pregnant, it's exciting, but it's tough. Think about the changes. There's physical changes. There's emotional changes. There's priority changes. There's financial changes that take place whenever a woman is pregnant. But something is being produced in your life. And maybe the season that you're in right now, it's challenging because something's being produced in you. And if you could just hang on, a delivery is going to be made. It's amazing how God can give you such a blessing. And at the same time, it's a blessing. It's like, what in the world have I got myself into? Seriously. A few months ago, in some messages I was sharing with you, I don't know if you remember, I said I believe God was stretching Emerge Church. Stretching. Come on, you feel stretched? I believe it's because God's producing something in us. Not everyone can see it because it's happening internally. The beginning of December when I was praying for our church, 
kept hearing the word pregnant. And we are not pregnant, by the way. Don't even go there. That ain't happening. Some of y'all thought we were about to make an announcement. Nah. But when I would pray for the church, I kept hearing the word pregnant. Pregnant. I didn't tell anybody because that's like loaded. You know what I'm saying? You start telling people that, they, they start using that word. Next thing you know, this person, just calm down, okay? And as I was working on this message, it all started coming together for me. Because I realized there's been some stretching going on. There's been some stressing going on. There's been some challenging seasons and if you're not careful, you misread the seasons. Uh, yesterday I was washing my truck and there were bees flying all around me while I was washing my truck. They're confused with the seasons right now because it's warm. And if it happens with the bees, it can happen with us where we get confused about the seasons that we're in. But all the stretching, all of the things that have been happening, I believe there is a delivery that is coming. I believe that God has been preparing. I believe God has been pruning, and I believe God is in the process of producing something, not for us, but in us. And if God can produce it in us, there's a lot that's going to happen for us. Amen? Do you believe that? And just like I'm mentioning this about the church, the seasons that you have been, th that you have been through, they've been preparing you. They've been pruning you. They've been producing something for you and in you. But there is a delivery that is going to take place. And had it not been for the seasons that you went through, you wouldn't handle the things that God is bringing you to in the days to come. God knows what He's doing. He is still on the throne and He is aligning things. He is working on your behalf. He is getting things in place. He's working on getting your attention. He's trying to work some things out, even though we're as stubborn as could be, but He's just trying to get us ready for the day that is coming. I know it took 700 years from the time that it was spoken to the time that it happened but he wasn't late he was right on time because what God was wanting to do wasn't just for then it was for all of eternity and what God wants to do in our lives isn't just for now but it's in for the times to come it's in for generations to come and our mindsets got to change from just thinking about what we're dealing with now to seeing it through the scope of eternity of all the things that God has been doing to get us to this place because there's a place that he wants to get us to. He's preparing you. He's producing something in you. He's trying to cut some things out. Don't let it hurt your feelings. Don't let it get you angry. Stay in the process of all that God is doing because there is a delivery that is coming. There's a delivery that is coming. He will deliver because he is a deliverer. It's not just what he does, it's who he is in every season. God, what you, what you preparing? God, what you pruning? God, what you producing? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Because maybe you're here today and you're in one of those seasons. And you've been trying to make sense. And you want a reason. God, what's the reason? But he wants a response. And what will your response be? Will it be, God, I'm growing closer to you? Or will it be, God, I'm backing away? Today, draw close to the Lord. Maybe you're here today. In the season that you're in, there's been a stretch for you. It's been a challenge for you. And you feel like everything is going wrong. But when you look back at some decisions that you've been making, you realize that the reason it's going wrong is because the decisions are going wrong. And I believe we're always one decision away. One decision away. I promise you, you're one decision away from crazy. But you're also one decision away from Christ. 
And maybe today it's decision time. It's time to make the decision. God, I'm going to follow you. If you're here today and maybe you have a church background and you've been away from God or perhaps you have no church background whatsoever, but you find yourself in a place today where you know it's decision day. You can just sense the Holy Spirit saying, come on, come follow me, come follow me. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you needed to be here today for this. If you're here and you're away from God, maybe you've been running. Today the Father is saying, it's time to come home. And not just to get everything good, but to be everything God wants you to be. I want to lead you in a prayer this morning. And it's a salvation prayer. It's a simple prayer that we pray to begin a relationship with Jesus. And I'm going to lead us all in this prayer. I'm going to ask you all to speak it out loud. But some of you, this is a prayer that you need to pray. Put your faith in it today. Let's pray this together. Say, Dear Lord, I thank you that in every season you are faithful. And I am thankful that years ago you went to the cross and you were thinking about me now. And you paid the price for my sins so that I could be forgiven. Today, I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. To wash my sins away and make me a new person. I make a commitment to you now. I will follow you. I will listen to you. I will obey you. I want to be everything you want me to be. So I make this decision. I'm going to live my life your way. Thank you for saving me, for changing me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen and amen. Amen.